Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. For I am exalted above every problem you have, above everything you'll ever face, everything you'll ever go through. I am exalted. Therefore, allow me to be exalted in your situation, in your circumstance, in what you're going through. By the confession of your faith, by the standing on that which you know to be true, by the praise of your mouth, the worship of your heart, allow me to be exalted above every sickness, disease, problem, financial situation, marital situation, or anything else that would rise up against my children. Allow me to sit on the throne, be the God who I am, and be exalted in your life. And you shall see my goodness and my blessing, my mercy and my grace poured out in abundance in your midst. Let the fight be over. Let the victory be yours. And let the goodness of God be in your heart and in your life. Hallelujah. The Lord's really dealt with me about what I'm going to teach this morning. And I, I may be more than just one service. We're studying. Devil, you're not going to get my stuff. Amen. And we, we, mean, we mean that... Uh, everything that God gives us, our, our joy, our peace, uh, the righteousness of God, the, the healing, God's healing power in your life, prosperity, uh, the dream we have as a, as a church, as a people, all that, all that God, we're just not going to let the devil have it. Amen. That doesn't mean he doesn't fight. Uh, that doesn't mean he doesn't go after it. That doesn't mean he, he doesn't try to get it. Uh, we're just telling him he ain't going to get it. Everybody say it's mine. Everybody say it's mine. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Now, I want you to go to the book of 2 Corinthians. Now, this is not unfamiliar territory, and I'm going I'm to give everybody a chance to get seated. Our praise team and everybody that's coming down, I'm give them a chance to get our others to get back in the auditorium. I want everybody to get this. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we've taught on this many times, and we teach on it from just about every angle we possibly can. And we're coming at it from this angle this morning. And that is what goes on in your mind. And I don't know if, if, if you know this or not. I, I realize this, I guess, because being in ministry for 35 years and having to deal with my own mind and the great mountain I had to see removed in my own life to get my thinking right. Our information age that we live in, you know, more information comes into your mind than has come into the minds of people ever in, in, in the history of humanity. We have access to more information on more subjects uh, than, than is imaginable. You, you cannot absorb, you cannot uh, expose yourself uh, to all uh, that's going on in our, quote, information age. I mean, it's just phenomenal. It's just phenomenal. And let me say this also, this may... This may help you this morning. Um, there's never been a time ever in history where there's been more known correctly about God. His Word, the Spirit of God, uh, the way He operates, how faith works, uh, knowledge of healing, knowledge of prosperity, knowledge of deliverance. Listen, I believe we're li living at a time in which the knowledge of God is covering the world like the waters cover the seas. Now, let me say this. 
You know, Jesus went to a marriage feast and they needed wine and he had them fill uh, uh, several uh, water pots with water and then he had them draw out. And it was in the act of drawing out that a miracle happened. That Jesus turned the water into wine. Now, water is a type of the Word of God. Wine a type of the Spirit. I believe we have been in about a a 15 to 16 year time in which God has been filling the water pots again. Now I can show you down as you study uh, uh, revival moves of God down throughout time. You will see that there were times in which people interceded, prayed, teaching took place, Spirit of God would begin to move, things would begin to happen. God would bring a quote move of God or revival to a nation, a city, a church, a land, wherever people were believing Him. And, and it would be marvelous. There would be miracles, signs, wonders. There would be phenomenal things. And they would happen in such a way that everybody that was a part of it and everybody that observed and, and watched it knew that, that this is something God's doing. You know, this isn't how smart this preacher is. This isn't how, uh, you know, because uh, uh, somebody moved to the right place at the right time and, and just did the No, this is something that God is doing. You know, God didn't have a hard time making that known. Amen? And when we begin to realize that, we begin to realize that there is a competition for our attention. Now you think about that in the natural. Of all the news organizations, you know, we're coming into a, a 2020 is going to be a presidential election year. My goodness. I mean, you know, you get to the point where you don't even want to hear it anymore. I mean, it's just, it's just so much information, so much information, so much information. And one, one side pulling this way, another side pulling this way. Other people trying to make determinations and decisions based on all the information. Listen, the, the, these things many times in the life of a person trying to live for God is a great distraction. You must understand a couple of things about your mind. As a human being, you still have the choice of what you think. Amen? Now let me say that again. As a human being, you still have the choice of what you think. Now, one of the worst things you can have in your life, there's a lot of bad things you can have in your life, but one of the worst things you can have in your life, and I mean uh, from the standpoint of, you know, no matter how old you are, if you're, you know, 12 years old or if you're uh, 92 years old, doesn't matter. One of the worst things you can have in your life is a lazy mind. Now let me say that again. One of the worst things you can have in your life is a lazy mind. And if your mind is lazy, then it's, it literally just becomes like a, a sponge that you, you know, you can pour anything you want through through a sponge. You pour pure water through a sponge and that, that sponge will contain pure water. You go out and get some, some dirty, muddy water and pour it in, that, that sponge will contain that dirty water. Your, your mind is the same way. Whatever you're pouring into your mind is what affects you. Now, we're, 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 uh, the name of our series is Devil, You're Not Going to Get My Stuff. Let me tell you, the first place the devil begins to assault you in getting your stuff is in your mind. That's where he begins the assault. That's where actually the Bible says what we're fixing to read in 2 Corinthians. That's where the warfare begins. And it is a declared war on you. Your adversary, the devil, declared war on you the day you got born again. Now let me say that again. 
your adversary, the devil, declared war on you the day you got born again. And what he declared war on was your mind. He wants to come into your mind. He wants to refute what God says about you. He wants to, to, to confuse you. He wants to offend you. He wants to do all kinds of things so that he can take control of your mind by permission. Now let me say that again. So that he can take control of your mind by permission. See, Satan cannot control your mind if you won't let him. But our passivity many times, our apathy many times, when it comes to our mind, gives him permission to get into our mind. And in your mind, He can talk you out of healing. He can talk you out of prosperity. He can talk you out of deliverance. He can talk you out of God's will for your life. He can talk you out of your joy. He can talk you out of your peace. He can talk you out of your destiny if you let Him. Now, here's the problem. He's had 6,000 years to become a student or a professor of humanity. He knows how every human being... Now listen, he can't read your mind. He knows how you think. Now let me say that again. He cannot read your mind, but he knows how you think. He's had 6,000 years to study fallen humanity. In every situation, in every circumstance, racial circumstances, financial circumstances, abuse, or you name the circumstance, he has studied and imparted many times into the minds of people that which not only started the thing, but, but literally caused it to go into a flame. Amen. Today's Veterans Day, and I guess we've, we've lost many of our uh, World War II veterans. You know, we honor uh, Leah's dad, Herman uh, E. Megason. They called him Hun, three years in the Pacific. Didn't see his wife or family for three years. And uh, fought that horrible war in the Pacific. Uh, you know, we, we honor those men and that generation that, that sacrificed so much uh, to stop the tyranny of that which was going on in the world. But did you know, especially in the European theater, that whole mess started in the mind of a man. Now let me say that again. That whole, now let me say it like this. That whole mess started in the mind of a man who was willing to entertain an outward thought in his inward mind. Until he, uh, till he literally incubated that thing. And the end result of it was over 50 million people dying. Started in the mind of a man. By an adversary of humanity. Getting into the mind of a man. And putting into the mind of a man. A plan, a scheme, a way of thinking. And then he began to communicate that. And it began to infect the minds of his entire nation. And, 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 you know, uh, uh, we can talk about uh, what it did to, the, to, the, to Europe, but look what it did to Germany. Wiped them out. Destroyed them. So we see very plainly just through, down through history that, that, that the enemy is very active in trying to get into the minds of people and trying to control the minds of people. But here's the good news. You're not a mind. You're a spirit. And when you got born again, that spirit man on the inside of you was energized with the life and power of Almighty God. And God has equipped His family. He knew you'd be down here. 
He knew you'd be on the earth in, you know, 2015, 2020, 2025, 2030. He knew you'd be down here in the last of the last days. He knew there'd be all this information. He knew the devil would be enemy, uh, uh, the enemy would be active. He knew that there would be all kinds of demonic forces, especially arrayed against the church, trying to get into the minds of God's children and mess their minds up. He knew that. So He has equipped us and empowered us by His Word and through His Spirit to overcome and win that war of the mind. Because if you don't win that war, the devil gets your stuff. He'll get your peace. He'll get your joy. He'll get everything that's valuable to you. And if you let Him, He'll kill you. I said if you let Him, He'll kill you. Because that's His ministry is to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, did you find 2 Corinthians chapter 10? Very familiar portion of Scripture. Verse 3 says, For though we war in the flesh, 2 Corinthians 10, 3, For though we war in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. Now you've got to understand something, church. The knowledge of God is the highest level of thinking on planet earth. Now let me say that again. It's not some philosophy coming out of some college somewhere. It's not some think tank in Washington. The highest level of thinking on planet earth is right here. Men and women that made a decision to think what this book says. To allow the thoughts of God to overcome and overwhelm the human thoughts of their life. To submit to the thoughts of God to the point that they do not submit to their own thinking anymore. They only submit to that which God says. No matter how strong the battle may be, no matter how, to, how the enemy may fight, no matter what may go on and happen, I guarantee you they do not allow the enemy to, get, to encroach into their mind. They stay steady on the Word of God and every word the enemy brings against their mind, they have a response to it. That is how you have to live. I said that is how you have to live. Amen? Now, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to, to the pulling down. I wrote down some other translations. It says, human indeed we are, but it is not with human strength we fight this battle. Another translation says, the weapons we yield are not merely human, but divinely potent to demolish demonic strongholds. That means this stuff is divinely potent to destroy strongholds. Amen? Another one says, our battle... Is no." Yeah, our battle is to bring down every fantasy and every imposing defiant thought into the obedience of what God says. Now, think about, I know it's, a, it's amazing how powerful our minds are. You know, the only thing faster than the speed of light is the speed of thought. That's how fast it is, Amen. But think about all of the information that has been downloaded into your life since the day you were born. I mean, if you could put it on a scale and weigh it and look at it, you'd see that when we first get saved, we first get born again. 
that all that information we've got since we get, got born again, that, 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 that the weight of things that are negative are way down here and the weight of things that are good and righteous are way up here. So we've got to begin the process not to even out the scales. That's what the enemy wants. He wants you to even out the scales because he still stays in the game if, he, he, if you even out the scales. Did you get that? He, God wants you to so weight down your mind with his word that there's no weight whatsoever to what the enemy puts into your mind. Did you get that? So everything we've ever gone through, our educational experience, our, our, our job experience, our marriages, our children, our grand, whatever experiences that we have gone through in life, they have affected our thinking. Some of it is just, is just what you would call uh, uh, just human thinking. It's just, you know, about everyday life. What you're going to wear, where you're going to drive, where you're going to go, what you're going to eat, those kind of things. Others are demonic. Others are divine that come from the Word of God. But you as a believer has to go into your mind and you have to ask yourself, why do I think this way? Especially if you can expose in your own heart a thought that is not of God. Now let me say this. When I first began to do this 35 years ago, man, I was getting, I was getting rid of some junk out of my mind. And I'm telling you, I, 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 was, I was in a battle. I was in a fight. It was a warfare. And I would speak and I would confess. And we'll, we'll get into that in just a minute, how, how your confession creates the atmosphere of, my, of faith that will change your mind. That's why we speak the Word of God. Speak the Word of God. God knew if, he could get, if they can get their word and my Word in their mouth and speak it out, they'll create an atmosphere of faith that will change their mind. That's why you've got to speak to your thoughts. I don't think that way. And I thought when I first started this, you know, I'd finally get to a place that, you know, I would, uh, uh, you know, wouldn't have to do this anymore. But just even recently, I've had to just say, no, I'm not thinking that way. Devil, I'm not thinking that. I am not going to think that. Get out of my mind in Jesus' name. So when I first started, it was all the negative stuff I'd been going through for, for 11 or 12 years as I was backslidden away from God. That affected my mind. I had criminal thinking, I had drug thinking, I had, I had perverse thinking, I had all kinds of thinking which was easily identifiable. Which means all the sin you used to be in is easily identifiable and you do not need to think that anymore. You don't need to think drugs anymore. You don't need to think perversion anymore. You don't need to think, uh, think criminal anymore. You don't need to think hate anymore. You don't need to think uh, prejudice anymore. You just got to get that out. That's your responsibility. You say, how do I do that? By speaking to your mind the Word of God and saying, I'm not thinking that way anymore. I mean, I, I, I had all different kind of drugs. We did all kind of... People said, did you ever experiment with drugs? I said, no, I was in full-scale investigation. <laughs> Dad, Dad used to give his full gospel, give businessmen testimony. He'd say, I was never worried about my kids hanging out with the wrong crowd. They were the wrong crowd. Amen. So I, I, had, I had different drugs that I'd done. But, but basically, I ended up, after all those years, by about the last three or four years uh, before I came back to the Lord, is I got rid of all that other stuff, but I was a weed head. I didn't think I could live without it. I didn't think I could live without smoking weed. Don't look at me so... Some of you are like, come on. I mean, the way I quit smoking cigarettes was started smoking more weed 
because I figured why waste your time smoking a cigarette? You could be smoking a joint. <laughs> now, let me tell you, I was fully functional. I got up and went to work every morning. I worked a very technical job. I worked a very dangerous job. I worked around dangerous. <laughs> I'll never forget, we were, we were working over in Santa Fe uh, when I worked for Store Cable Communications. And, and we, me and another guy had to climb way up this pole. I mean, it was on a, you know, if you ever notice when you go like, like Highway 6 or Highway 3 or some of these main thoroughfares, they, they raise the wires way up over those, to, you know, so the bigger trucks can get under them. That's a high climb with those, with those spikes on your feet. So we climbed up there. And we had ropes tied to all of our equipment. We, had, we were balancing an entire system. And it was about four in the afternoon. So we climbed up there and, and we pulled all. We, I had a little Sony TV. I had a two or three meters. And we're up there going through all the channels, trying to get the sound balance, trying to get the color balance, doing all that kind of stuff. And so we got finished. And the guy that climbed up there with me, he brought a joint up there. He said, why don't we smoke this before we climb down? So we lit it up and smoked it. We didn't climb down for six more hours. I kept looking at him and said, you ready? He said, I ain't got back. We up there hanging on to the pole. <laughs> Stupidest thing we ever did. That was my biggest fear when it came, because I knew I was backslid. I knew I needed to get right with God, and I knew God was dealing with me. And that was my biggest fear. How am I going to live life without this? Amen. Well, see, I thought once I got through that, you know, through Bible school and renewing my mind, began, I thought, and sure enough, I got to that, you know, I, don't, I have no desire, no want to, that, that's all. But then other things begin to come up. And they continue to come up. And God begins to deal with it. You're thinking this way and that's not right. Or you're thinking that way and that's not right. Or you're thinking, and what happens is, is once you get rid of a stronghold in your mind, God will show you another one that He's equipped you to get rid of because of the one that you just went through. Now strongholds, listen, what strongholds are in our mind are intricate patterns of thought. Intricate patterns of thought that go against the total package of what God has given us in Christ Jesus. Amen? And we develop these strongholds in our mind. And it's on those, in those strongholds, literally, where the devil reigns over us in our thinking. Now notice what it says. It says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We've got weapons. I said we've got weapons. I'm so glad that it did not say the tools. It says the weapons. There is a difference between a tool and a weapon. With a tool you can build, with a weapon you can destroy. I said with a tool you can build, but with a weapon you can destroy. And there are strongholds that get into our mind that must be destroyed. Amen. So the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, they're not uh, guns, M16s, AK-47s, hanging, no, no, no. But they're what? They're mighty through God. So they're God's weapons, mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds. So you're going to have to use the weapons to pull them down. Amen? Now, the, what God does, he's so, he's so smart. In the next verse, he shows us how strongholds are built so we know where to use the weapons. Notice what he says. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself 
against the knowledge of God. Casting down. So what, what are strongholds built out of? Strongholds are built out of imaginations that come into your mind. Imaginations are not reality. But the enemy knows just how to piece the puzzle of imaginations together in your mind to make a stronghold in your mind in which he rules from. And you can always tell when you've got a stronghold in your mind by the thoughts you cannot control. Now let me say that again. I'm I'm taking my time with this. I, I want you to get some help today. You can always identify the strongholds of your mind by the thoughts you cannot control. They've set up a dominance. They set actually like this. It's a way of thinking. That's just how I think. It's amazing to listen to people communicate. You know, when you watch the news and you listen to what this politician says or what this person says or what this individual says, and how they everybody cuts what they hear and what they see from the angle of how they think. Now, now, now that's it. think about it. It's a very simple statement. Everyone, we all do it. We all cut from the angle of how we think what comes into our mind. Somebody can say something to me and I receive it one way and say it to you and you receive it another based on how you think, based on how I think. But you've got to begin to go into your mind And you've got to begin to make identification of satanic imagination. You say, what is satanic imagination? Anything that puts the thought in your mind that you are something other than what God says you are. Amen? You're not an ex-anything. I'm an ex-drug addict. No, you're not. I said, no, you're not. You're the righteousness of God in Christ. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Amen? I, I, you know, I've, I've, I've done this long enough to, to have a lot of, uh, you know, several people that really contended with me about teaching on this. And I was in Ireland one time and, and I made some statements about Alcoholics Anonymous and how one of the problems I have with them, I'm sure they do great work, but one of the problems I had with them is they have the people confess, I am an alcoholic. I am an alcoholic. No, you're not. God does not see you as an alcoholic. God sees you delivered by the power of Almighty God. Well, I was preaching that in Galway, Ireland. To a pretty good sized crowd. We'd been going for three days. And man, I tell you, one of these Irishmen that had proved he was an alcoholic. He came up and he said this. I go to the meetings every day. I am an alcoholic. I said, are you still drinking? Every day. I said, now you're going to meetings every day, drinking every day. He said, yep. I said, how long have you been doing that? He said, about 12 years. <laughs> Amen. So I really, you know, I didn't really confront him. He was trying to start a fight. He was drunk. He was. You could smell it all over him. He was drunk, trying to start a fight. So I just kind of, three nights later, he came up and got saved and instantaneously delivered from alcohol. And then about two or three years later, I saw him in Dublin. And he came to me and he said this. He said, of all the people in my life that I thought was absolutely wrong, it was you. He said, but I found out you were the one that was right. Well, it wasn't me that was right. It was the Word of God that was right. And I'm telling you, there are insecurities. 
There are fears and phobias. There are ways of thinking that try to get attached to our minds in which the enemy tries to control and manipulate us to keep us out of God's best. And they must be addressed. And the way you trail yourself into what that is is follow the imaginations that come into your mind. Follow them. Where is this leading to? Why am I thinking it like this? Why every time this happens, I think like this instead of what the Word says? Why every time that happens, I think like this. And I'm going to tell you, there are some strong thinking processes in humanity. Humanity has had 6,000 years for Satan to incubate in the mind of humanity fears, phobias, prejudice. I mean, it's incredible. It's incredible. I mean, I, I uh, you know, grew up in the... In the 60s and 70s and saw all that went on in the civil unrest here in America and how, how, how the, the fight of the prejudice between races. And I thought, oh my God, that's, you know, uh, I mean, uh, it was just, you know, at once serving God and seeing what that was for itself. I thought, man, just the devil. That's all that is, is the devil. I thought that was, you know, something until I went to Ireland and saw it on another level. I mean, another level where nobody looked different. Nobody looked, everyone looked exactly the same. And they hated one another based on what one thought about God and the other thought about God to the point that they were fighting a war. How, how, how does that happen? It happens in the mind. And it's carried out through humanity. So you've got to realize how powerful imaginations are. You know, uh, we have the big hospital here and, and, and talking to doctors and listening to different things on medicine and, and sickness and disease. They say that about 50 to 60% of all sickness and disease worldwide is psychosomatic. Which means it begins in the mind and then shows up in the body. Amen. Well, when you begin to realize if it's that way with sickness and disease, what about everything else in life? Begins with an imagination that feeds the strength of a stronghold. And from the point of a stronghold, a strong man controls you. And you are, quote, out of control. You know, I, I knew a, 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 a... There was a lady that we did uh, camp meetings and crusades and things with years ago. Pat, Pat, uh, Pat Hayes, wonderful woman, wonderful minister of God, beautiful singer. She was saying that she was dealing with an issue in life. And she had to get up on platforms in front of thousands of people and sing and do all this kind of stuff. And she had a real insecurity, especially with, you know, crowds and stuff like that. And she said she was really working on that, speaking the word over herself. And she said, it seemed like the more that I did it, the more that I stood against it, the stronger that thing got, the worse it was. She said, I knew I was in a fight. She said, one day in prayer and intercession, all of a sudden, it said it was like God pulled back a veil. And I could hear something in the spirit realm. She said, I was like I was in a cloud. And I heard these two demons saying, we've got her with that insecurity. And she said, at that point, I realized it was demonic. He said, when I realized it was demonic, I realized I have the name of Jesus. And she said, I begin to use the name of Jesus against that. In the name of Jesus, I am not insecure. In the name of Jesus, I'm not, my knees are not going to knock together when I get up in front of crowds anymore. In the name of Jesus, I've got a gift of God. I've got the anointing of God. In the name of Jesus, she just began to do it over and over. She said, that thing broke. 
And those demonic forces were never able to influence her thinking again. Now it's, you know, all kinds of areas in which we have to make the decision to speak that name and use that authority. And listen, if there is a place in your mind, you think there's a place in my mind, and it can build itself especially physically, that's what I talk about it many times with seasonal allergies, where people have the same allergy year after year after year. You, 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 you think that. You, you've been taught that. Uh, you, you've gotten the doctor's report on that. You've been diagnosed with that. Uh, the first cold front or two that comes through, your body tells you you have that. There's a stronghold there. And every year you get it again and again. Leah dealt with that. I guess the first three or four years. The first three or four years we were married, every year at Christmas time, Leah ended up in the emergency room. Her throat swollen. Her sinuses out of control. And I'm telling you, every year it happened. And we fought that. And we believed God. And Leah tore that stronghold down with the Word of God. And she hadn't been, had that in 30 years. 29 years she's had. But it, it was a fight. I mean, you do it one year, you fight it one year, and that year you end up in the emergency room. You do it the second year, and that year you end up in the emergency room. You do it the third year, and that year you end up in the emergency room. What are you going to do now? You stay with it. I said, you stay with it. And you keep doing it. That's what Leah did. She stayed with it. She kept doing it. And then with the, 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 she fought another thing with fear the same way. And it was year after year after year till what happened? Breakthrough came. You say, how, why does it take so long? Because sometimes it takes a long time to build a stronghold. It takes a long time to tear it down. But you can only change and influence your thinking not by what I preach to you, but what you do with what I preach to you and how you receive it and begin to speak it over yourself. Not the context of my words, but the context of God's word in my words. Now, real quick. Oh, good. We got some time. I may get through this first. Go to, go to Matthew real quick. The greatest, the greatest illustration is Matthew chapter 4. Let me read through it real quick for time's sake. Matthew chapter 4 verse 1. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Everybody say of the devil. So who was tempting him? You know what? The, let me tell you this. Here's what the devil was trying to do. The devil was trying to get his stuff. You say, what was his stuff? Two things. His stuff was his identity, the Son of God. John the Baptist said, behold the Lamb of God. That's his identity. Then he's trying to get his anointing because he was anointed right there in John's baptism in Matthew chapter 3. So he's trying to get his stuff. So here he comes to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, Now, first of all, fasting 40 days and 40 nights, the first voice he heard was not God. Just thought I'd throw that out there. The first thing he heard was the adversary. Now notice what he's doing. And when the tempter came, he said, now how did he say? Did the, I grew up in the Assemblies of God and, and we had these little Sunday school quarterlies and, and whenever it showed the devil, it showed this red guy. 
with horns like a, like a steer and a tail and a pitchfork. And Jesus is sitting on this rock and he's got this beautiful robe on and he's sitting there kind of smiling and the devil is doing like this in his face. Well, he didn't, the devil didn't show up like that. He should, this is all happening in the mind of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is happening in his mind. Now, now here's what people say. They say, well, how do you know that? It doesn't say that. But listen, if the devil could come outside the realm of, of your mind and try to tempt you, he would do it to you. He'd show up every day with a joint in his hand trying to get you to smoke it, a, a glass of whiskey in his hand or, or whatever your weakness was. He would be, every day he'd be showing up physically to try to get you to be tempted with that. So the Bible says, He was tempted in all things as we are. Amen? So this is going on in his mind. Now, notice the first thing. If thou be the Son of God. Well, now notice this. Verse 17 of chapter 3 says, And a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. That's the last thing his father spoke to him. When he was baptized of John's baptism, he came up, the heavens opened, the Spirit descended, and the Father said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Which gave him what? Gave him identity and purpose. All that God has for you and all that God wants to do for you is wrapped up in your identity. In your identity is the purpose of God for your life. You're a new creature. You're the righteousness of God. You're more than a conqueror. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the earth. Only from that foundation do you have purpose and identity in the kingdom. That's why the first thing the devil did was to go to, God, go to Jesus and say, if you be the son of God, what's he doing? He's coming after the word. He's coming after the Word. I shared with the, with the Wednesday night crowd, I, I went uh, hunting on Wednesday morning. I usually never hunt on a, on a Wednesday or a day in which I have to minister. But, but it was my friend's birthday, and he was going, him and another guy, and so they invited me to go. And so I said, okay, I, I, I'll go. And, and this guy has been a really great friend to me, and I just wanted to honor him on his birthday. So I went, and, and I, I, for me to go, you may think I'm crazy, and I may be. For me to go hunting over in Winnie, I have to catch the 4 o'clock ferry, which means I have to get up 3 o'clock in the morning. That's early. Now, I got up, got ready, snuck out, didn't wake anybody up, got in my truck, caught the 4 o'clock ferry, and I'll never forget, I rolled off the ferry. When I rolled off the ferry and I could hear my, I mean, literally something just came on me. Just came on me. And I tell you, I began to get just sick, just absolutely this pain and, and, and sick and just, just, you know, and my mind started saying, oh, yeah, you took your flu shot. Yeah, yeah, all that just started, you know. And then, then it went into this mode. As I proceeded toward where I was going, which was about a 45-minute ride, the enemy began to show me every place I could turn around and go back home. Every place. Now, up here, the big store's up here. You can turn around that parking lot. Here, there's, remember the Chevron station? No, roll over past the drive. I just kept driving. And the more I drive, the worse I got. And I finally got around over uh, to Winnie and, and went over and they were standing at the gate and they, they had the, the, the buggy ready and the dogs ready and everything ready to go. And I got out and I, I just said, man, I, I'm sorry, guys. I, I'm just not feeling well and I don't want to expose you guys to nothing. And, and, and so y'all just go on. I'm just going to lay here in my truck. I, I just, I'm just going to lay here. So I put back my seat and I started worshiping God. I started worshiping. And I just started telling the devil, no, devil, no, you're not going to steal this hunt. You're not going to steal my, my fellowship with my friends. You're not going to steal this from me. I worship you, Father. I thank, and I began to confess who I was. I am the healed of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
He was wounded for my transgression. He was bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. By his stripes I am healed. He's blessed my bread and water, taken all sickness and symptoms from me. Bless the Lord on my side. I mean, I'm doing, I'm doing it out loud in my truck. And in doing that, I fell asleep. I fell asleep. And what woke me up was the sun coming up in my face. And so Jesse had told me, he said, look, if you, if you wake up and you feel better, call me and, 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 I'll, and I'll get out of the blind and I'll come get the, the four-wheeler and I'll come get you because it's about a, a mile and a half down the road and then it's about a quarter mile across the rice field to get to the blind. And so I, I, I woke up, I sat up, I could feel the warmth of the sun hitting my face. I thought, I don't have any symptoms. I felt good. So I kind of got out of my truck and I, and I put on my hip boots, I put my coat on, put, put my gun over my shoulder, I put some shells in my pocket and I took off down that road praising God. Took off all the way. I walked all the way down that road. And in order to get over a fence, there was where some posts came together and I was able to step up and jump over. Well, they saw me from the blind. He called me. He said, wait right there. I'll come get you. I said, no, don't, don't do that. I said, I'll be right there. And so I came. I walked down the road and saw a straight shot where the, where the tires on the four-wheeler had gone. to. The, so I just walked down there and walked straight up to the blind. And as I'm walking up, I'm about from here to Leah. They, they, but they're both standing up looking at me like this. And Jesse goes and says this. He said, you're the toughest old man I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> they're young. They're in there. They're not. A, so whatever. Amen. <laughs> but anyway, I, as soon as I got in the blind, first thing they, they said, you feeling better? I said, let me tell you something, boys. I just began to praise God. I laid down, in the, laid down in my truck, began to worship God. And when the sun came up, it woke me up. I got out of my truck with not a symptom in my body. And this, this, this uh, goose came by. I shot it. Now, this is amazing. The dog jumped out. Got it. It's a 10-year-old dog. It wasn't my dog. It was belonged to one of the guys. Got out, jumped up on the perch, and had some kind of a seizure or something. Was sitting there shaking. And uh, uh, my friend Jesse What's, what's happened to my dog? What's happened to my dog? I said, I don't know. And he's sitting there shaking. And I'm sitting here. There's the dog's between us. So I just laid my, I didn't, even, I didn't even think twice. I just laid my hands. I said, in the name of Jesus, whatever's attacking this dog, get off of him in Jesus' name. I said, Lord, I thank you. We don't have any cattle, but Abraham did. And you blessed his cattle, but we got dogs. And you can bless our dogs in Jesus. And that dog just sat up straight like this. Now listen, you say, well, how did all that happen? That's the way I think. That's part of my identity. Come on, church. That's who I am. I don't cover up who I am outside. That's who I am everywhere I go. That's the way I think. That's the way my mind works. It takes a lot of work to do that. You've got to get to the place in your mind where you're not going to let the devil take your stuff. And here the enemy is saying, if you be the son of a... He's going after his stuff because he knows if I can get his identity, I've got him. Amen? So listen, you've got to begin to think. I mean, you can't, you can't close your eyes and if you think about it, you can't think, well, I'm a man or I'm a woman or I'm black or I'm white or I'm old or I'm young. You can't do that because based on every one of those thoughts, the devil's got something for you. But if your thoughts about yourself are this, oh, hallelujah, I'm born from above. 
I'm born, I'm redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, not by the blood of bulls and goats. I'm a child of Almighty God. I'm telling you, His Spirit pulsates on the inside of me. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm telling you, I am blessed of the Lord. When my faith is working, grace covers me. When I make mistakes, mercy undergirds me. I am God's precious child. I tell you, you've got to think like that every day. Not just get excited about it on Sunday mornings. Not just, I'm telling you, it's when the, when the nasty now and now comes into your life and the enemy from strongholds in your mind tries to begin to control you. That's what we're, we're, we're seeing now. In Christianity, we've seen this for the past 15 years. That's why the reduction in church attendance, reduction in giving, reduction in missions work. But notice something that we've done. We've refused to cooperate with it. We still have church every Sunday. We still pay our bills. We're still blessed. And we still have money to do missions all over the world. We just refuse to think that way. One more. Is anybody liking this? If thou be the Son of God, command these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written. Everybody say, It is written. It is written, Man shall not eat by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Now, I'll do this and we'll quit. This began the enemy encroaching into his mind in the physical realm. After 40 days and 40 nights, he, Jesus is hungry. Doctors tell us, people that study these things tell us that you can fast. If you begin a fast, after 72 hours, your appetite leaves. And your appetite will return at the point of starvation, which is 40 days. So what was his need? His need was food. He, his physical body had to have food to exist. So this guy, Jesus, is hungry. So the enemy comes up with a plan for him to eat. Amen? Now, that plan usurps everything about his identity. That plan denies that he is the Son of God. Number one, by listening to it. You say, what do you mean by listening to it? Because there's a difference between letting information pass through your mind and actually listening to it. That's why Jesus said later, take no thought. Take no thought. Take no thought for tomorrow. What's he trying to do? He's trying to stop the enemy's ability to cause you to be anxious about what's going to happen tomorrow. What's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to happen if this? See, that, that's where those imaginations come in. Because imagination is fantasy. And the enemy loves to bring imaginations to your mind. And what imaginations are are things that do not exist. They might exist. They might happen. It might be this. It might be that. It could be this. What if this? What if that? He builds that into your mind and tries to get you to look. Look at it. Just look at it. Just look at it. Now think it. Now think it. Here's what, he's, what he wants to do. Now think it. Now think it. Now say it. Now say it, because I can say it all day long, it does nothing. But if you say it, you'll give life to it. You'll give life to it. You'll give life to depression. You'll give life to addiction. You'll give life to, you'll give life to, to the sickness, to the I'm telling you, the enemy was just wanting me to say it. Say it. Say you're sick. Turn around. Do it with your actions. Turn around. Go back home. Get on the 5 o'clock ferry. I guarantee you, I'd still be in bed. 
I tell you, I would have been. I knew it. I knew I was in a fight right there. You've got to be the same way. With everything that is in your mind, it begins with the challenge of who you are. One last illustration. You come up to the prayer line on a Sunday morning. Your body's racked with pain. Maybe it's a back issue, neck issue, whatever it is, pain you've been living in. Hands are laid upon you. The anointing of God is ministered to you. The pain is gone. You go out of church. You have a wonderful afternoon. You sleep Sunday night like you haven't slept in months. You get up Monday morning as you head for your car. That pain hits. Now, let me tell you, here's what that is. That's the enemy saying, if you be healed, why, why is that pain there? Amen. Why is that pain there? If you be, now listen, he's not saying if you got healing, why is that pain is there? He's coming after your eye. If you what? Because you, you, you didn't get something from God. You are the healed of God. The laying on of hands just manifested that which you already had, which already belonged to you. Your faith and the law of contact and transmission brought healing to your body. But the enemy comes after what? The identity. If you, if you say you're healed, why do you have that pain? That's where we miss it right there. Well, I thought I got healed yesterday. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe. So he'll, he, he knows by your acceptance of one thought, he knows what next thought to put in there. That's why you should never let more than two to three to four thoughts at the most go through your mind before you are in a full warfare mode. I mean, if you've got to stop with your friends walking into a restaurant and say, hold on, I gotta, I'm going to step over in the bushes for a minute. I've got to take care of something. <laughs> Amen? And, they, and your people here over there in the bushes, in the name of Jesus! And then you come back and say, I'm fine now, we can go eat. <laughs> Amen? I had that happen to me one time, getting off an airplane with another minister. And there was about three people who didn't, you know, we didn't know them, they didn't know us. And I'm, I'm walking behind these three people, and he's walking up in front of me. I can hear him up there. I mean, he's just going off. And these three people are walking like this. And one of them turned around and looked at me and said, He's okay. Well, what it was, he was getting off the plane and a bunch of physical symptoms were attacking his body. And we had a conference to do overseas. And what he was doing was rebuking it, telling the devil he was healed. And he didn't care he was walking down a, a, a jetway going into an airport. Here's, look. What embarrasses you will not work for you. So I, I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed to speak in tongues. It won't work for you. Well, I'm kind of embarrassed to go have hands laid on. It won't work for you. The Bible says, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. There's a boldness that needs to come on the people of God. And people need to see that that's the way we are. That we're not going to think like the world. We're not going to think like the devil. We're not going to think like Democrats. We're not going to think like Republicans. We're not going to think like religious people. We're going to think the thoughts of God. And as we think the, the, uh, the thoughts of God, we're going to tear down the strongholds 
of that which the enemy, and then we're going to build some righteous strongholds in our mind. Now, let me tell you why I got healed on Wednesday morning. Because of a righteous stronghold in my mind that I've been working on for 35 years. Amen? Amen? Now listen, every area of your life, this will heal your marriage. This will help you with your children. This will help you at your job. This will help you in your business. This will help you in every endeavor in life. Because in every endeavor of life in which you are involved in, you have an adversary called the devil. And he'll come from every direction to try and see if you're going to grab a hold of something with your mind and begin to think, well, maybe that's the way it is. It's just an imagination. It's not real. has no more substance than that right there unless you give it substance. Lift your hands. Father, today, for every person I pray over that is struggling with their thoughts and thought life, Lord, as we continue this, Lord, we'll pick this up next week, but I thank you today more than just listening ears, hearing hearts, or receiving your word. I thank you, Father, that strongholds of the devil are being broken in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Just worship the Lord for a moment. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes, I break that in the name of Jesus. That fear, that tormenting fear of loneliness, I break in Jesus' name. For you've not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. And I thank you, the fear of being lonely should never be on a believer. For Jesus said he would never leave us or forsake us. And those wicked thoughts that have been built over a lifetime of which you have been forsaken, Jesus didn't do that. Jesus wants to embrace you today, hold you to his heart, and tell you you'll never be alone again. You'll never be lonely again. Thank you for that, Father. Thank you for that, Lord Jesus. Thank you for that, Heavenly Father. Lord, I, yes. Thank you, Jesus. And for the repeat of the weakness of the past, of fear, that, I'm going to say it just like the Spirit of God had put it in my mind. The fear that it's going to happen again. Yeah, I see that, Lord. Literally, circumstances and situations for another setback, another failure have already started to happen. But the Lord reminds you it's your will, it's your choice. If you choose for it not to happen, it will not happen. You will not be set back. You will not fail. And the weakness and the problem of your life that has happened several times down through your life will not happen again in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now lift your hands and worship God. Thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you for every person right now. All of us are in this warfare. All of us are fighting these things in our minds. And we thank you today, Father. You have empowered and equipped us with weapons. Weapons that are supernatural. 
We thank you for it, Father. And we choose to think the higher thoughts of God. We are new creatures. We are your righteousness. We are that which you say we are. We have that which you say we have. We can do what you've said we can do. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Now, Father, as we leave today, our thoughts are upon your word. You said in Psalms 91, there would no evil befall us. There would no plagues come nigh our dwelling. You said you'd give angels charge over us. You said only with our eyes would we behold and see the reward of the wicked. Therefore, Lord, as we go forth, as we have to travel with all this modern transportation out of the ocean, up in the skies, on airliners, on the roads, and in cars and automobiles, on the, on the tracks with trains, and every other way of travel and transportation. We declare protection, safety, and blessing. Lord, in the righteous labor of our hands, men and women that work out in the ocean, men and women that work up in the petrochemical plants, men and women that are in construction, men and women that are work in our educational system, all of those, as we handle the resource of that which you've given us, we declare we are not subject to trauma or terror. Our evil plans of wicked men are Satan himself. We abide under the shadow of the Most High. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you also as we leave today, there's a door of utterance open for us. Not only to live this faith, but to speak it to people that need it. Let us minister to the hurting. Let us be an answer to their prayer. Let us be a problem to the adversary. Let us be a miracle in someone's life this week. In Jesus' name we ask. Lord, we leave today walking in faith and love towards you, in love toward one another. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord Jesus, that we're covered by the blood, empowered by the Word, and anointed by the Holy Ghost. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.